Well, I'm very happy to uh, be here um, amongst all you younger people. I noticed, I've noticed uh, that you've had a lot of advice already, so I'm not going to try to give you any advice. And if I were going to do that, I would give you the same kind of advice you've heard, so there's no use in repeating it. But I would like to tell you, <laughs> on the other hand, I would like to tell you um, a little story, perhaps uh, a little rambling in doing so, about uh, a discovery I made uh, uh, some time ago, about 30, 36 years ago, which uh, in a certain way uh, launched me into the remainder of my career. And it's kind of a Horatio Alger uh, story. And it started uh, like this. Well, it, it concerns the uh, discovery of uh, the sodium iodide thallium scintillator. Now, what that is, <laughs> what that is, is a, uh, a better Geiger counter. You've all heard about Geiger counters and, and uh, how uh, they can detect uh, radioactivity. Uh, particles and gamma rays and, and such things. You probably don't know that uh, uh, Mr. Geiger was actually a person and uh, uh, worked in, the, in Rutherford's laboratory where uh, he uh, developed this counter. Now, the, the detector that uh, I invented, you might say, has displaced the, uh, the Geiger counter, but it doesn't have my name on it like... Uh, like uh, Mr. Geiger, it, it's, it's called the sodium iodide scintillator. Now, a scintillator is a, um, a bit of material, in this case a crystal, uh, which lights up, uh, furnishes a flash of light when a particle or when a gamma ray enters into it and uh, interacts with it. And furthermore, uh, sodium iodide is uh, a member of a family of iodides called alkali iodides. Lithium is the first, sodium is the second, uh, potassium is the third, and so on. Cesium and rubidium are other uh, alkali, alkali uh, elements that uh, go together with the iodides to make the, these very beautiful crystals. Now, sodium chloride is a crystal that you all know because that's salt. And if you look at salt under the microscope, uh, you see these uh, beautiful, elegant uh, grains, uh, crystalline grains with uh, very regular sides and very transparent. And they're, they're just beautiful objects. Uh, that always intrigued me. And, uh, and so the story goes this way. I was a graduate student at uh, Princeton in 1938. <clears throat> and I had a summer job at the General Electric Company in Schenectady. And um, in that uh, job, I met uh, a technician by the name of Frank Quinlan. And uh, Frank uh, wasn't a college graduate, but he knew a tremendous lot about uh, basic science and how you do things. And uh, <clears throat> Frank and I liked each other, and he taught me 
uh, quite a bit. I worked on a different subject because I was given a different task to perform, but I, I was uh, noticing what uh, uh, Frank was working on, and he was working on uh, potassium iodide with a uh, thallium dopant. That means a small contamination of the element thallium. And uh, in those days, people were uh, perfecting the fluorescent lamp. Uh, now everybody uses fluorescent lights, of course. But in those days, they were being developed. And uh, potassium iodide uh, with a thallium contaminant was a, uh, a possible material that could make a better light. Uh, so they were interested in it. Now, I thought that the crystals Frank uh, was growing uh, were very nice and pretty, and uh, I always remembered that. Well, then, uh, a little bit later, the war came along, and I did a different kind of work, this uh, uh, automatic pilot kind of work and, and so on. And um, I went uh, back as an assistant professor uh, to Princeton in uh, 1946. And, in 19, and started, as a matter of fact, to work in the field of nuclear physics. And I, I, I thought at that time that a good way of entering that field would be to uh, develop a detector. If you have a detector in physics, if you have a new kind of detector, you have a sort of a gateway, or maybe you could even uh, call it a union card, uh, to get into the field. And, uh, and uh, it, it offers the possibility of doing some new things if you have a new kind of detector. And I thought that would be an interesting way to get into nuclear physics. And um, so I started to work on um, a conductivity kind of counter, never mind what it is. It didn't prove to be very successful. But in 1947, that is one year later and uh, a few years after the war, uh, Professor Martin Deutsch of uh, MIT uh, made a visit to uh, Germany, which was then almost uh, in, still in ruins, and uh, talked to a, uh, a German scientist by the name of Kalman, Hartmann, uh, Kalman, Hartmut Kalman. And uh, uh, Kalman had uh, noticed that uh, mothball material uh, that's uh, the, the organic uh, compound is called naphthalene. Naphthalene uh, mothball material uh, would light up when uh, uh, particles or gamma radiation uh, interacted with it. And uh, up to that time, the Geiger counter had been essentially the only kind of, uh, of counter, and it was not very efficient. It was a good, stable counter, but it really wasn't very efficient and couldn't tell you anything about the energy or the color of gamma rays. But uh, uh, Dr. Kalman had, uh, had found this remarkable property of mothball material. And so um, Martin Deutsch came back to the United States and told scientists about this, and immediately every physics laboratory in the United States smelled of mothballs <laughs> because this was a great new invention uh, which would enable gamma rays uh, to be measured and detected uh, really in a good way for the first time. 
And uh, I, too, started to work with uh, naphthalene, since it was a new kind of detector. Uh, but uh, somewhere in the back of my head, uh, I had had the idea when I first went back to Princeton that I ought to get some of those crystals that Frank had made. And uh, so I, I don't know exactly when it was, but uh, early in 1947, I wrote to Frank and said, could you send me some of those crystals? And he did. And I put them in my drawer somewhere. somewhere. And then when the uh, mothball detector uh, became um, prominent and successful, I thought maybe that material I had could also uh, detect gamma rays. And I took it out, and lo and behold, instantly it was a lot better than, uh, than naphthalene than the mothball material. Well, that was very interesting, but it had a defect because potassium is uh, radioactive itself. And so this was a counter that was, you might say, detecting its own radiation and providing a background which is undesirable. And so I looked for, uh, immediately looked for some, some other materials, and naturally I went into the uh, remaining alkali iodides, which I've mentioned earlier, like lithium and sodium and so on. And uh, very quickly, in a few days, I, uh, I prepared some samples of these crystals, not in the form of perfect crystals, but in the form of uh, uh, crystals that uh, had uh, um, crystallized from a melt. And, uh, and, and actually, because sodium iodide was very hygroscopic, that means it gathers up moisture. I had to put it in a quartz tube, and so I had to heat the quartz tube and melt the material and then let it crystallize, and then I put it next to uh, a, a photo tube. That was the idea, anyway. Well, I, I prepared several of these materials and laid them all down in a little cardboard box. I see I'm getting a sign here that I better quit soon. Um, I put them all in a little cardboard box and put a radium source nearby and a piece of uh, photographic film under them. And uh, uh, marvelous to behold, after I developed the film, the sodium iodide was by far the best, better than potassium iodide, and a hundred times better than naphthalene. And so here was a brand new detector. And um, uh, it has become the most successful a detector uh, in nuclear physics. It's used to this day. Nobody has found anything any better. Uh, and that amazes me because there are a million substances to investigate. But that's been the best. And it's used in all sciences, every kind of science, all kinds of engineering. It's even used at airports uh, to see that, you know, with the x-ray equipment, to see that you aren't bringing a bomb or a dynamite or something in, into the airplane. It's used in medicine uh, a great deal. Nuclear medicine is based on a uh, sodium iodide scintillator. Well, uh, after, uh, after I published a paper, and incidentally in that first paper, the photograph that I published showing the successful uh, behavior of this material, the photograph was published upside down. <laughs> and it looked like I didn't know what I was talking about. But the editor had made a mistake and uh, corrected it in the next issue. So uh, anyway, um, that uh, I, I achieved a little bit of fame 
that way, and uh, and that brought me uh, to the attention of uh, of people at Stanford and at Berkeley, and I was offered a position at both places simultaneously. I I did uh, choose Stanford, and I'm very happy about that. Uh, but but this uh, I, I'm telling you this story because it was just a little thing, a little cardboard box with uh, a few uh, elementary compounds in it, uh, which uh, is the background of uh, a lot of, of my success. And I've been associated with this material, thallium-activated sodium iodide, uh, for all these years. And I'm still working with it. In fact, we have a satellite project. We have a satellite that will fly in 1988. It will be launched by the shuttle and it will carry a thousand pounds of this crystal material and uh, we hope to discover some wonderful things about pulsars, quasars, black holes, the galaxies and all that uh, with, uh, with this material. So um, I guess my message is you can start with little things. Sometimes they work out well. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much.